This meeting was a waste of my time and energy, said every employee ever about most meetings ever. <laughs> the truth is that most of your meetings suck. They suck away our time, they suck our energy, our morale, they suck away our productivity, and they suck away our results and profits. Yes, your bad meetings are sucking the life out of your employees and your company. Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we'll learn about how to remove the most wasteful and harmful thing that is killing your culture, your productivity, and your results. Today, we're going to learn how to fix meetings that suck. spring. Spring has sprung and so has the pollen and allergy season. And for many people, allergies are a pet peeve. (laughs) Do you have a pet peeve? (laughs) You know, something that really gets under your skin? You know, for some, it may be allergies or it may be hearing others chew loudly or people that are having a conversation on speakerphone in the middle of the grocery store. Well, I honestly don't have a lot because I'm pretty a pretty chill person in general. However, the one pet peeve I do have and I am very passionate about makes up really for not having a bunch of little ones. My absolute biggest pet peeve is wasting my precious time in a meeting that sucks. A meeting that has no purpose, has no organization, and accomplishes nothing. Now sure, I will sit in that meeting professionally, just like a Bruce Banner would, but on the inside, and as soon as I leave that meeting, You better believe that I am the Incredible Hulk, ready to flip a table because of the amount of my time that was just wasted. Now, if I were a betting person, I bet there's a ton of professionals out there that feel the same way I do. However, I can't help but laugh at the fact that most people (laughs) will not only provide peanut gallery comments about the bad meetings they attend, but they actually don't internalize their own feedback in order to avoid those same pitfalls in their own meetings. And therefore, the cycle of bad meetings just keeps going on and on and on and on. Now, my response in my head to those people that complain about meetings that suck, but then also host meetings that suck, (laughs) I always say in my head, speck and log, people, speck and log. Now, speck and log, that phrase comes from Matthew 7, uh, chapter 7, where Jesus is talking about judgment. And he says, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that is in your own eye? Now, please know that the Leadership on the Rocks podcast community is a safe place to have hard conversations needed because we all want to grow in our leadership skills. And I want to remind you that leaders are made, not born. None of us are perfect leaders, and we all need to continue doing the work to grow in our skill sets. So my friend, please hear and know that I love you, and I'm your biggest cheerleader for success. But the truth is, most of your meetings suck. And they're undermining your leadership. They suck away your employees' time. They suck away their energy, their morale, their productivity. And they suck away your results and profits. Yes, your bad meetings are sucking the life out of your employees and your company. Now, just in case you need to hear that again so you can process it, the most wasteful and harmful thing that is killing your culture, your productivity, and your profits is your ineffective meetings. I love what Michael Hyatt, business coach, has to say about meetings. He says, today's traditional model of meetings fail. Nothing will change the culture of your company more than getting control of your meetings. 
I love what he says in that. So now, again, I want you to hear my heart on this. I care too much about your success as a leader not to tell you this hard truth, but I also don't want you to panic. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about how to stop the bleeding of morale, productivity, and money in your company by turning those bad meetings around so they not only don't suck, but will actually bring life, collaboration, problem solving, and results back to your company. Now, there's a lot of smarter people out there than I am that have written books actually on how to host meetings uh, so that they're effective. So I am going to reference a few of those books in the show notes. You can go look at those resources. But today I would just want to touch base on the bare essentials by going back to some elementary school concepts of hosting an event. Why, what, who, where, when, and how. Because you see, hosting an effective meeting isn't really rocket science. Honestly, It just takes an ounce of intentionality in focusing on what is most essential. Now, so many times people host meetings just to relay information only. And relaying that information, oh dear Lord, it can take 30 minutes up to an hour or longer. Now, as a leader coming from the education world, (laughs) I need to take a moment to pause and educate you on something. Something very generic, some brain-based learning theory. People's attention spans are shorter than it is longer. And our short-term memory can only hold so much information. After people hear something, after they learn something, they have to have time to work with it, sort it, process it, think about it, prioritize it. Now, in other words, just to put this in, in a different context, there's a reason TED Talks are capped at 18 minutes. People will not stay focused for long periods of time. And heaven forbid... People in your meetings get distracted by their cell phones, smartwatches, and email notifications. Because every time, ask any teacher this, every time there is a distraction and people have lost their concentration, one, are they not only not hearing what you're saying now, it takes them several seconds up to a minute to get back into, okay, what were we talking about and how do I process that? So unless you have a norm about engagement and distractions, chances are you don't even have their attention for the 18 minutes or the 30 minutes or the hour-long meeting anyway. So I honestly feel so passionate about the subject. I could almost write a dissertation. (laughs) Um, But I'm actually going to try to do the opposite. I kind of want to practice what I preach here. So I'm going to talk and teach about effective meetings in a shorter period of time. So it'll in fact be one of my shortest podcast episodes. So let's stop wasting time and let's get into some simple concepts on how to host an effective meeting. generally three areas you need to think through in planning a meeting. One is the purpose, two, the organization, and three, how to make it efficient. And in each of these areas, you're simply just asking yourself the basic questions of any event for anything. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Now, a very simple way to think through how to host a meeting is just by asking these questions. So the first area in planning a meeting that doesn't suck is purpose. Because as Simon Sinek says, you always start with your why. So why? For the love of everything that is good in leadership, always have a why behind your what of everything you do. As a leader, never do something just because. Every meeting should always be tied to a bigger purpose, like team building, your company's mission, specific team goals, or professional growth. 
Now, before you decide to have a meeting, you need to make sure there is a bigger purpose behind your need in asking people to give up their time to meet with you. And once you decide that purpose, share it with the people that you've invited to the meeting so they know the importance behind the why you have asked them for their time. So why do people typically have meetings anyway? All right, so here's some of the things that I'm thinking of for typical reasons. One, it's a habit. (laughs) Two, just to touch base. Three, to share information. And four, to discuss and to decide something. Now, that doesn't sound too bad, right? It sounds scheduled, caring, informative, and inclusive. But the reality of what really happens is in habit, we always meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we have no structure, so we end up chit-chatting either by complaining or we talk about a bunch of stuff that doesn't actually move the needle towards our goals. Second, in touching base, we, again, have no structure in how people share information. Therefore, people ramble (laughs) and we end up going down a ton of rabbit trails. And three, in sharing information, we always go on for information that honestly could have been shared in an email or we talk about how to do collaborative work that could have, in fact, already been done collaboratively outside of the meeting. And then four, in discussing and deciding, we get into lengthy debates about unimportant details like, who's going to sign up for what? (laughs) Now, I know what you're thinking, but Bethany, if we don't have meetings to give information and just send it in an email, then people won't read the email. And my response to your argument is that that is invalid because it's not a meeting problem you have, but a clarity of expectation and accountability problem. That's what you have. Now, as a leader, it's my job to be clear in the expectation that you read and take action on the weekly information, updates, important reminders, and action items. That's what I call the nuts and bolts of our work. And then it's my job as a leader to hold you accountable. And as soon as it's revealed that you're not reading or taking action on what's required, well, now we have to have a discussion. (laughs) Because if you're the employee and you're unclear about what I emailed out, then you need to seek clarity and close that gap. But as a leader, if I have a few employees that are seeking clarity, now I know I have a communication problem and I need to grow in my skill set of communication and close that gap. Okay, so what are some important whys behind calling a meeting anyway? I think there's generally three. One is team building. Two is aligning the day-to-day work with the company mission or the team goals. And then three is professional growth. Now, you can have a fourth meeting where you just have the trifecta of meetings and you might have all three involved. (laughs) So let's quickly go over the whys of hosting meetings. First is team building. In his book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Patrick Lencioni says that the number one baseline dysfunction of a team is the absence of trust where people are not real and vulnerable with one another. So spending time with others really does build relationships. It is a simple truth. So to be intentional in building positive relationships, it takes spending time together. Now, if this is your why, then the meeting conversation and activities should be focused on promoting things like connectedness, empathy, and trust, or maybe developing the lines of communication for honesty and problem-solving dialogue. Now, a second why to host a meeting is really just aligning the day-to-day work with the company mission or the team goals. Now, you've hired individual people to complete individual tasks, but all with the hope that their piece of the business puzzle connects perfectly with the other employees' pieces of the puzzle. For this reason, it's important that you bring people together to help them see how their smaller puzzle piece fits into the overall bigger picture. This is going to help them make adjustments in their day-to-day work to make sure that it's 
aligned to the overall company mission or team goal. Now, I cannot state the importance of this why enough because most meetings will fall under this reason. Most meetings will be where you're going to teach, remind, coach, and hold people accountable to make sure their work is directly tied to and accurately reflects the mission and the goal of the organization. When meetings where people are just giving updates of their piece of the puzzle, do not allow people to go on and on and on about details nobody cares about. Make sure the updates are quick and tied directly back to the bigger picture that does apply to everyone. Now, a third reason why you can bring people together in a meeting is to grow professionally. And I don't think we do this near enough. If you're not having intentional moments in which you are, as Steve Covey would say, sharpening the saw, then the productivity of your team will decrease because of the figurative dullness in their skill sets. As a leader, decide what is the most important skill sets that people on my team must have, and then you need to equip them with those skills. So many leaders claim they empower their team without first making sure they are equipped for the role of the job. So case in point, if you are a leader of leaders, how are you growing them in their leadership skills? Because your job as a leader of leaders is not the widget anymore. It's equipping those that lead with the skills to lead the team of widget designers and doers. So honestly, the why behind the meeting takes most of the mental energy because you've decided that a meeting is necessary. And now the rest of the process after the why can somewhat be formulaic in design. Once you've confirmed your why behind bringing people together, think about all the other questions you need to answer. Who, what, how, when, and where? Who needs to be in the room? What do we need to do or talk about that will help us accomplish our why? How will I create an efficient and effective meeting protocol? When does the meeting need to be held and how much time does it really need? And where will the meeting take place, like virtually or in person? So let's start with the who. The who, after deciding the why of hosting a meeting, you need to decide, as Broadway's Hamilton would say, who's going to be in the room where it happened? (laughs) Who needs to be present in order for your why to be fulfilled? Who needs to have input on the agenda? Who needs to be, this is one of my absolute favorites, the facilitator? Who's that person that can really keep that meeting focused and moving forward? If you don't have a quality facilitator, you find one. And it's okay if it's not you, if you don't have that skill set. Always make sure you have the right people in the room, but you need to release others from being there if you're just inviting them because you don't want them to feel left out. Now, for those who have supportive roles but don't actually need to actively participate, you can always reach out to them prior to the meeting so you so they know actually so that you're not snubbing them, um, but that you wanted to respect their time and that you'll copy them on the meeting recap email. Now that you've decided the who, you need to decide the what. What actually needs to be shared, discussed, and decided on? Every meeting, every time should have an agenda. No exceptions ever. (laughs) You need to allow ample time for those attending to not only submit items for the agenda, if you're doing that, but they also need to have time to read and do any prep work required prior to the agenda. So think about posting your agenda on a shared network so that those who need it can have input on it or they can look at it ahead of time. In thinking about the what of the meeting, I want you to think about these things. What actually needs to be talked about? And chances are very little. 
And I just love the phrase, keep it simple, stupid. Do not waste people's time and attention on things that, again, don't move the conversation or the needle forward. Focus on what is essential. What do we need to talk about right now for the right reason? Most of the updates and information and reminders can be given in an email or listed at the bottom of the agenda. I always did the nuts and bolts at the bottom of my agendas. And that's also where they can read all of that information on their own. And, you know, you don't have to discuss it in the group unless clarity is needed. But you also need to decide what kind of prep work needs to be done prior to discussing the topics or making a decision. And here's a quick tip for you. (laughs) The more people with big titles that you have in your meeting, the more higher level you need to keep your content. Do not get in the weeds or the details. If you have higher level executives, you stay high level. So again, concerning the what, let the agenda be a living, breathing document where people can collaborate with it uh, prior to solidifying it. And then people can easily see it prior to the meeting being hosted. But you can also use it to capture the conversation, decisions, and action items assigned. So while I'm sure your company has some sort of approved collaborative software platform, if it doesn't, you can always use things like Google Drive or Microsoft's OneDrive to create that shared folder with meeting agendas and resources. Okay, we know our why behind a meeting, and it's tied to a bigger purpose. We know who needs to be in the room, and we know what we need to talk about. So now let's talk about how. The how refers to the format you're going to be using for your meeting. This is where you can be really formulaic with best practices for your specific industry. Because of the differentiation possible here, I'm just going to list some general guidelines. And the first one, again, I already said you should always have this, is the agenda. Always have an agenda. You should always state the purpose of the meeting on the agenda, list any prep work that needs to be done prior to the meeting, have norms or levels of engagement. You can have different norms for different things. So there's general norms, which includes engagement expectations like keeping discussions on topic, limiting cell phone or smartwatch use, um, and my favorite, (laughs) the expectation that we will start and end on time. If you're a virtual or hybrid team, then you need norms for hosting those virtual meetings. So for example, are people expected to have their video on and when should they be muted? And how are you gonna address the distraction problem of them working or checking email during the meeting? Because I can tell you, during virtual meetings, you have a lot of distracted people. So if the meeting's in person, how are you gonna address sidebar conversations or if it's a long meeting, taking breaks? Topics to be discussed needs to be listed on the agenda and put time limits for each topic. And if needed, put who's responsible for leading the discussion if you need to facilitate different speakers. Always list action items decided, and then put a recap section. I personally love to add what I already told you about, the nuts and bolts at the bottom, that's just, hey, important reminders and information for people. If you want a copy of a sample agenda that I've used, then I'm gonna have a link to a form in the show notes that you can fill out, and then I'll email you a sample agenda. Now, beyond the agenda, there's also the how of communication. How are we going to talk during the meeting? And can I just say, (laughs) if you have to share information via a presentation or PowerPoint, do not fill the slide with massive amounts of texts and then proceed to read that text in the meeting. Give the talking points and then talk. Now, when it comes to discussions and dialogue, we know that there's always gonna be that one employee that was, that's gonna dominate the conversation. So the meeting facilitator, again, assign that role, needs to have the skill set to be able to keep that dominance at bay and then work to engage other people into the discussion. Those are some great teacher moves, by the way. 
And finally, if the meeting's being hosted with coworkers where a consensus is needed, then prior to that discussion and probably a different meeting, the team needs to decide on decision and conflict resolution strategies ahead of time. Too often during the meeting, people talk and talk and talk and talk (laughs) when there's actual work that can be done instead of talking. This is where having an organized system or process for collaboration can come in handy. Think about assigning roles for people during meetings so that they're not only engaged mentally, but they're truly active participants. So roles are important, the facilitator, the timekeeper. Another example is if team members are giving updates on their pieces of the business puzzle, the meeting facilitator can create that collaborative slide deck with a template of what needs to be shared and then send it to each team member prior to the meeting. Then during the meeting, each team member shares only relevant information that applies to the whole group. Another example is note taking. Someone needs to be deemed as that note taker and they take notes during the meeting on all of the you know, collaborative things that people are talking about and put it on that collaborative document. And then they provide the recap at the end so everybody's on the same page and then they read back the action items assigned and then send out the meeting notes to any stakeholder that needs it. And lastly, make sure you always do what I just said. Send out those notes and action items from the meeting and make sure there are due dates on those action items because if it's not stated and then emailed out, it probably won't happen. Okay. In order to host a meeting that doesn't suck, you now know why it's tied to a bigger purpose. You know who needs to be there. You know how. You've developed a format to keep it structured and organized and moving. So now let's talk about when and where. The next time you're thinking about, you know, a meeting that you need to have, you you need to think about when. So in other words, the time of the meeting, like how many minutes or hours does the meeting need? It's important that you truly analyze the content on the agenda because meetings are like slime or foam. Have you ever had your kids play that stuff? It fills whatever space it's given. A meeting does that too. If you schedule 30 minutes, it's going to take 30 minutes. If you schedule an hour, it will take an hour. So work to shorten the time that is given so the work can be more efficient and effective with your meetings. Next, think about those that are attending. Again, I've said this, we live in a meeting intensive working environment and the reality of your employee's workday is that they are constantly revolving through doors of meeting after meeting after meeting with no time to process the information, prioritize the essential tasks, and then heaven forbid, have time to actually accomplish the task during their workday. So think about starting your meetings a few minutes after the typical meeting start time. For example, most meetings start on the hour or half hour. If that's the case, start your meeting at 9.05 or 9.35 or, ooh, 9.07. That'll throw them off. That way, if your employees are going from meeting to meeting, then you have at least given them a five to seven minute break to breathe, to go to the bathroom, to get coffee, to process. So speaking of time, always, always, always start your meetings on time. Consider yourself stealing people's time. And so you don't want to be considered a thief, so make sure that you respect it. Start on time. Create the expectation that being on time is the professional way in which we conduct our meetings here. And if you can, always end your meetings early. If you can give time back, always do so. So now we know about when, let's talk about where. The last simple element of planning a meeting is deciding where. And in today's working environment, the first question asked is probably, is this gonna be a virtual meeting or do we need to meet in person? 
If your why is team or team building, then you probably need to think about meeting in person. Now, while virtual meetings are way more cost-effective in general, there also <laughs> is a major higher risk of disengagement in the meeting. So think about that up in the formulaic how. But again, that's probably not a meeting problem. That's an expectation and an accountability problem. As a leader, a big rock that you need to build your life and leadership on is the rock of intentionality because an ounce of prevention is truly worth a pound of cure. Instead of hosting meetings that has all the participants saying, well, that was a waste of my time, be intentional in making every meeting you host three things. One, tied to the bigger picture of what everyone is trying to accomplish. Two, organized. Three, efficient. Now, as a recap of thinking through your meetings before you schedule your next meeting, I want you to ask yourself, how much money, time, and energy will this meeting cost? Will there be a great return on the investment? If the answers are a lot and no, then do not schedule that meeting. Your meetings are bleeding out tons of money, time, and energy. If you're not going to get a big return on the investment of that conversation or that team building or that, that meeting, don't schedule it. If your why for having a meeting is great enough, though, then proceed, plan your meeting, but do it in an effective way and think through these questions. The why. Why is this meeting necessary? Who? Who needs to be in the room? What? What do we need to talk about or do that's going to help us accomplish our why? How? How will I create an efficient and effective meeting protocol and hold people accountable? When? When does the meeting need to be held and how much time does it really need? And where? Where will the meeting take place, virtually or in person? So now go forth and be intentional in planning so you aren't hosting meetings that suck. God bless. Hey, it's Bethany again. If you're enjoying the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Also, if you feel like this podcast is helpful, will you do me a favor and share it with your friends, family, coworkers, or anybody else who's trying to grow in leadership, but also wants to have that harmony between work and home? Thanks, and I'll see you next week. Remember, the most important rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders making the best use of the time.